most regrettable. I turned a page. Still no news of that flying fellow, Seaton, in his round-the-world flight. Pretty plucky, these fellows. That amphibian machine of his, the Albatross, must be a great invention. Too bad if he's gone west. Not that they've given up hope yet. He may have made one of the Pacific Islands. The Solomon Islanders are still cannibals, are they not? inquired Poirot pleasantly. Must be a fine fellow. That sort of thing makes one feel it's a good thing to be an Englishman after all. It consoles for the defeats at Wimbledon, said Poirot. Oh, I I didn't mean, I began. My friend waved my attempted apology aside gracefully. Me, he announced, I am not amphibian like the machine of the poor Captain Seaton, but I am cosmopolitan, and for the English I have always had, as you know, a great admiration. The thorough way, for instance, in which they read the daily paper. My attention had strayed to political news. They seem to be giving the Home Secretary a pretty bad time of it, I remarked with a chuckle. The poor man. He has his troubles, that one, ah, yes, so much so that he seeks for help in the most improbable quarters. I stared at him. With a slight smile, Poirot drew from his pocket his morning's correspondence, neatly secured by a rubber band. From this he selected one letter which he tossed across to me. It must have missed us yesterday, he said. I read the letter with a pleasurable feeling of excitement. But Poirot, I cried, this is most flattering. You think so, my friend? He speaks in the warmest terms of your ability. He is right, said Poirot, modestly averting his eyes. He begs you to investigate this matter for him. Puts it as a personal favour. Quite so. It is unnecessary to repeat all this to me. You understand, my dear Hastings, I have read the letter myself. It's too bad, I cried. This will put an end to our holiday. No, no. Calmez-vous. There is no question of that. But the Home Secretary says the matter is urgent. He may be right. Or then again, he may not. These politicians, they are easily excited. I have seen myself in the Chambre des Députés in Paris. Yes, yes, but... Poirot, surely we ought to be making arrangements. The express to London is gone. It leaves at twelve o'clock. The next— Calm yourself, Hastings. Calm yourself, I pray of you. Always the excitement, the agitation. We are not going to London today, nor yet tomorrow. But this summons does not concern me. I do not belong to your police force, Hastings. I am asked to undertake a case as a private investigator. I refuse. You refuse? Certainly. I write with perfect politeness, tender my regrets, my apologies, explain that I am completely desolated, but what will you? I have retired. I am finished. You are not finished, I exclaimed warmly. Poirot patted my knee. There speaks the good friend, the faithful dog. And you have reason, too. The grey cells, they still function. The order, the method, it is still there. But when I have retired, my friend, I have retired. It is finished. I am not a stage favourite who gives the world a dozen farewells. In all generosity, I say, let the young men have a chance. They may possibly do something creditable. I doubt it, but they may. Anyway, they will do well enough for this doubtless tiresome affair of the Home Secretaries. But Poirot, the compliment. Me? I am above compliments. The Home Secretary, being a man of sense, realises that if he can only obtain my services, all will be successful. What will you? He is unlucky. Hercule Poirot has solved his last case. I looked at him. 
In my heart of hearts I deplored his obstinacy. The solving of such a case, as was indicated, might add still further lustre to his already worldwide reputation. Nevertheless, I could not but admire his unyielding attitude. Suddenly, a thought struck me, and I smiled. I wonder, I said, that you're not afraid. Such an emphatic pronouncement will surely tempt the gods. Impossible, he replied, that anyone should shake the decision of Hercule Poirot. Impossible, Poirot. You are right, mon ami. One should not use such a word. Et ma foi. I do not say that if a bullet should strike the wall above my head, I would not investigate the matter. One is human, after all. I smiled. A little pebble had just struck the terrace beside us, and Poirot's fanciful analogy from it tickled my fancy. He stooped now and picked up the pebble as he went on.